Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, thanks for joining me. We are in Wisconsin at our seasonal site, and believe it or not, it's a warm evening here already this spring. Our front air conditioner isn't working very well, so I've got some windows open, so you may hear a golf cart go by or some extra noises in this episode. Just wanted to let you know that. Quite a while back, I had a long email exchange with a perever, and for some reason I saved it, and now I believe it might have been so I could share it with you, our grieving Parents Sharing Hope listeners. It is on the topic of questioning God's love for us. Now, I have changed the names in here. Let me read you. Like I said, this is a lengthy exchange, but this is going to be the podcast. Hi, Laura. I've been thinking about God's love, and I've had some thoughts running through my head that I want to share with you. As parents, we love our children with unconditional love. We would move heaven and earth for them if we could when it comes to helping them. When they're sick, we do everything within our power to help them feel better. When my son was fighting cancer, we exhausted all avenues of treatment for him. I even researched clinical trials online and called one of them trying to help my son because I love him and didn't want to see him suffer and die. I wanted to help him get better. And that's what parents do, right? Because we love our children and want to protect them from anything that would hurt them or possibly take their life. That's love. So when we ran out of options for Gary, I turned to the one person I knew could help my son. The God I was raised to believe in loves his children and has the power to heal. So I prayed for healing for Gary, but God just stood by and did nothing. This God that I had been told was capable of anything, that there was nothing too difficult for him. He could heal all kinds of diseases and illnesses. He could raise a man from the dead. He could do miracles. And all we need to do is ask and believe. I've heard for as long as I can remember, God loves you. We are all children of God, and he loves his children. He is our father, but a father that loves his child doesn't stand by and watch them suffer and die. That's not love. If you had been able to heal Becca, would you have done it so she could have been happy and wouldn't have to suffer anymore? Or what if I had the power to heal my grandson from leukemia and stop his suffering he goes through with the chemo treatments? Would I have done it? Yes, because I love my daughter and my grandson, and I don't want to watch my daughter worry and get stressed out because her child is sick with cancer. That's love. If I would have had the power to heal Gary, I would have because he's my child, and I wanted him to have a happy, healthy life. I wanted him to finish college, get married, have children and grandchildren. I wanted him to be happy. So if I'm God's child and he loves me like a father loves his children then he should have stepped in and helped Gary, but he didn't. He just stood by and watched as Gary died. He watched me pray with tears running down my face while begging and pleading with him to heal Gary, to give us a miracle. What kind of father that claims to love his children does that? That's not love. And I know you're probably going to say something about us not seeing the big picture, but honestly, I don't care about the big picture. It means nothing to me. That is, I think you can tell, just a raw and real 
email and some of you may really be able to relate with that. I want to share my reply to this email. I have been asking God how to answer this email and when I suddenly realized the answer to those questions it was pretty jolting to me so hang on. Based on what you have written and how you are feeling about God's love, you are saying that I didn't love Becca and that your daughter doesn't love her son. Now, how can I possibly say that? Because if true love is stopping all pain for our children because we want to see them happy, then Dave and I would have never allowed Becca's leg to be amputated at only three years old. What kind of a parent allows their three-year-old child to have their leg amputated? A horrible one, right? There's no love in that whatsoever, is there? We not only didn't love Becca, we must have hated her to make her go through that. We should have just let it go, not wanting her to go through the pain of the amputation, much less the lifelong consequences of living with only one leg, right? Well, obviously, it was just the opposite. We loved her so much that we wanted to see her healed from the cancer, so we allowed her to go through the amputation and chemo, no matter how much it hurt her at the time and how it affected her life. Was that the right decision? After all, we decided that for her. We didn't let her decide. Maybe she would have rather died at three or four years old than to live out her life maimed and not like the other kids with the limitations of only one leg and then later a damaged heart from the chemo. But it was our love for her that put her through all of that for a greater purpose, and that was to give her life here on earth. It is the same with your daughter. She must not love her son very much at all to allow or maybe even force him to go through years of chemo and possibly a bone marrow transplant. You must love your grandson so much that you beg and plead for your daughter not to take him in for another treatment. That's so mean and cruel for her to put him through all of that, right? Does he ever cry about it? Does he hate feeling sick and not want to go for treatment sometimes? Does his mom say, I want you to be happy more than anything, so if you're begging and crying not to have treatments, I'm okay with it. We just won't go. That's love, right? I think you can tell I was being sarcastic, right? And and I know this person. We've become friends, good friends. So I was able to share that with her because I knew her, <laughs> okay? So please don't be afraid to email me. If I don't know you, I will be very soft and gentle, and I will encourage you. So let me continue. Love isn't making everyone around us happy, no matter what the consequences are. Love is, yes, it is, looking at the big picture and doing what is best for that child, even when they can't see it, and even when they don't want it, and even when they beg and fight against it. And I'm guessing that you are glad that your daughter is looking at the bigger picture concerning your grandson. As you say, as the parent, we want our children to be happy, healed, and whole. Maybe that is what our Heavenly Father wants also. And He knows that what our children will be surrounded by in heaven is so much better than what they are missing out on here on earth that He decided, okay, I don't want to see you going through any more there on earth. Your mom keeps begging me to make you healthy and happy and whole. So come up here with me where you will be living in perfection, which is so much better than anything down there. And that makes us angry because that isn't what we meant, is it? It really is all about, I wanted my child to have this. I wanted my child to experience that. And I want my child here with me and those kinds of thoughts. And this is not 
an accusation. This is just an observation. So read it. This is what I was saying in my email. Please read it with the love and care that it is being written. And I'm asking you as you are listening to please hear it with the love that it's being spoken with. Please believe me. I, I, you have my heart, okay? It seems to me that you are pretty convinced that since you are Gary's earthly mom, you know what was best for him even more than God. And because Gary wanted to live and stay here on earth so badly, that is the decision that should have been made for him no matter what was in his future, which you can't see. The fact is we just don't know what God so graciously and lovingly spared him and you and me from. We just don't know. Our child could have gotten married and had a child and and that child died you know, a horrible way, and, and, and our child could have seen that or had to experience the death of their own child, and we'd have to watch them go through it. I mean, we just don't know what would have been in their future. We like to think that the future of our children, what they were missing out on, would be really good, that they missed out on a wonderful life here, and they would have had all the happy things they wanted in life. But we know that we don't always get what we plan. And life hands us tragedies here on earth. The thought that nothing but goodness and happiness during our time here, it just isn't reality. That's heaven, where our children are now. God may have very well been answering my prayer to protect Becca and showing how deep his love for her is and his love for me by taking her to her eternal home early. It feels early if our kids leave this earth before us, but maybe he took her to her eternal home where she is forever safe and forever happy, not allowing her to go through future pain and heartache that would have been even more unbearable for her, which I would have had a, a front row seat to watching. No, thank you. I mean, I know the pain and the darkness and the suffocating. I mean, it's just beyond words. And I did. I asked God to just take me, get me out of here, kill me, God. I mean, I, I had those same things. But I also, to watch your children in pain and to go through difficult, dark things, you know, for years and years, with these kinds of thoughts, I have chosen not to tell God that if he really did love me or if he truly loved Becca, he would have healed her and let her stay here on earth with me, thinking I know what is best for her based on a future that I don't know anything about. God's love isn't a curse. His love is the cure. It's the antidote for what Satan has done to this world and to us. Our Father loves us so very much that he made a way out through death. Doesn't that sound strange? But he did. He made a way out of this world through death, even allowing his own son to go through his own torturous death, to have the victory over death itself, knowing what would be gained by it would far outweigh the pain and the agony that he went through. We can look at the death of our children as something horrible and a sign that God doesn't really love us because our children should have been forced to stay here in the enemy's territory with us. Or we can look at the death of our children as much as it hurts beyond what we can even put words to 
as God's love and mercy that they were not forced to stay here in the enemy's territory with us, and they got to go on ahead. They got to go on ahead where they're safe, they're happy, they're whole with no more sickness, no more pain, no more suffering of any kind, just pure ecstatic joy that cannot be put into words. I know that we we know this, and a lot of times we know it in our head, but our heart, we're just so broken. We want our kids here with us anyway, and I'm trying to help just help with this perspective so that our hearts can believe this beyond just our heads knowing that. If I could make Becca's pain and suffering stop by allowing her to go somewhere else here on earth, so maybe there's some magic island that has healing powers and more things to make her happy and fulfilled than than anyone could comprehend. And maybe I could send her there not knowing when I would see her again, but also knowing at some point I would be joining her there permanently, would I do that? Would I put my wanting her to stay here with me no matter what above what I know is the ultimate best for her, even if I could see it, but she couldn't and she didn't want to go? That's a question I don't know the answer to, but here's what I'm thinking. In, in a way, it's like, yeah, if I knew I could have sent her to some island somewhere where I knew she would be healed and whole and happy, and I knew that at some point I would be going to that island with her to join her, why is it easier for me to commit saying yes to something like that if I knew it would still be here on earth, but I have a hard time saying yes because it's heaven? because she left earth and went to heaven. But where she went is like this island that I described, that I'd be okay with it if she were here on earth somewhere. And maybe it was going to be 50 years before I would see her or hear from her again, but at least I would know she was, you know, on earth. Why is it so much easier for me to think that would be okay as long as she's still here on earth? But I struggle with the fact that Instead of some magic island on earth, she's in heaven, and she is in perfection and glory. And that's, isn't that kind of strange? But I don't know if, you're, if you feel the same way or not, but, but that, that's really kind of how I've been for a long time. And maybe as a loving father, God made that decision. And now Becca is really glad he did. And maybe your child is really glad that God made the decision to take him or her out of the, the tragedy and the trial and the, the hard, difficult things of this earth and took them to a place where they don't have to deal with that anymore. Please believe me when I say that you are not wrong for having these doubts and questions. This is something that has to be settled in all of us. Some of us struggle and doubt and fight and get more angry about it and how it doesn't make sense than others do. Some of us take a lot longer to choose to see it differently. And it's okay right now if you feel like, I don't think I'll ever see it that way. Now, I did write a little bit more that was more personal between the two of us, because like I said, I, I do know this mom, 
And I closed out the email and sent it. And she replied with some valid thoughts that I want to share with you. She said, I understand that we do things for our children out of love. I understand that you made the decision to have Becca's leg amputated out of your love for her. And you felt that was the best decision. My daughter has made the right decision concerning my grandson. All I'm saying is if we would have had the power to heal their bodies and restore their health like God... I know I would have done that for my son, and I would do it for my grandson because I love them, and I want them to be healthy and happy. So God has that power, and even though he says he loves us and that we are his children, he chose to let Gary suffer and die. How can anyone call that love? So all I'm saying is if he loves us like a father loves his children, he would have stepped in and healed Gary back. So here is my response back to her. I was trying to show that we ourselves will allow our children to go through something painful if we know the end result will far outweigh what they had to endure. Now here are just a bunch of random thoughts, and these are really random thoughts, and I'm going to read these to you. We appreciate pleasure even more when we have experienced pain. We grow and learn from the pain more than we do pleasure. Think about kids growing up. Usually they have to touch something hot to know what that means and that hot hurts, things like that. Another thought, I could make sure my kids never had pain when they learned how to walk, but I would have to be doing something like never letting them get out of their crib to do that. But then they would also never learn how to walk. Their growth would be stunted, including mentally and emotionally. We think love is making things perfect for others, but our idea of perfect can stunt growth and cause all kinds of unforeseen other issues we would be constantly dealing with. So here's a thought. Do you know that if you saw a little chick trying hard to peck their way out of the shell and you decided to help them and break it open for them you just feel so sorry for them they're working so hard and you just get in there and you break that shell open for them to make it easy for them did you know that if you did that 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 little chick would die because it's all of that pecking and the painful straining and working so hard to get out of that shell that's what builds up their strength to be able to survive outside of the shell I have always looked forward to my kids growing up and having an adult relationship with them as friends. It's pretty hard to have a meaningful friendship with a five-year-old. The more they grow, the more they learn. And the more they experience life as they grow into adulthood, the easier it becomes. And I feel like God doesn't want us to stay as five-year-olds spiritually. He wants a relationship that's built on his guiding us as we grow and we learn. And he wants to be our safety net when we blow it and our confidant when we need a safe place to vent and those kinds of things. So part of it is also helping us grow up and mature in certain ways so that we can have a more mature and intimate relationship with him. Yes, God could step in and make all of our problems go away. If you did that for your kids, here's a question for you. Would they truly love you for who you are? Or would they just want you around because you take all their problems away the way they want them taken care of, no matter who else it affects or how it affects them long term? 
That really isn't a loving relationship. That's a robot following commands. Love has to be able to choose and be committed to that choice. I don't want my kids wanting me around just because I give them everything they want and I do everything to make sure that they're happy and are never in pain, never suffer, because that wouldn't be love. They just would just want me around because of what I do for them, not who I am in their lives. Here's just another thought. If a three-year-old doesn't understand why her leg has to be cut off because of a bad owie, it doesn't mean her parents don't love her. Because I don't understand why doesn't mean God doesn't love me or you or my child or your child. I believe here on earth is where we learn all of these things as the enemy throws things our way and as the natural consequences of a flawed earth are in effect. And that makes heaven and his love even more precious to us than it ever would have been. I don't have all the answers to why. And for myself, for whatever reason, I chose fairly quickly not to torture myself with it. What I choose to think about and believe is that there's a reason he's God and I'm not. And even though I cannot understand it with my limited earthly mind, I believe with every fiber of my being that he only allows his children to go through something painful if he knows the end result will far outweigh what we or our children have gone through. And the end result is so good that he is willing to risk our anger directed at him as we don't understand what he is doing as our loving father. Continuing to insist on answers and demanding an explanation from God, that takes me to a place of turmoil and anger, and it keeps me in darkness. And I just can't live in that place. It's too hard on me. I can't stay there. Deciding to surrender and being okay with not having the answers while I'm here on earth opens the door for peace and contentment, and even I can have happiness while I wait. And it allows me to get closer to God as we continue to grow our relationship, which makes me feel closer to Becca since she is with him. The closer I get to God, the closer it makes me feel to Becca. And it allows me to feel his love and understand it in a way that continues the cycle of peace and trust and contentment. And these were all the random thoughts I had. And I continued in the email. I do understand what you are saying. We don't like to see our children suffer and we'll go out of our way to take those things from them whenever possible because we love them and we don't want to see them hurt or suffering. I used to do that to a fault with a lot of manipulation to make things go the way I thought they should for my kids. And I've seen how they struggle as adults in some ways because of it. And I'm not talking about everyone's a winner and should get a trophy kind of thing or not taking responsibility for their actions. I'm talking about manipulating people and circumstances around them to help my kids get what I thought they should have or what I thought would make them happy. It is possible for God to answer our prayers 100% of the time in a way that makes us happy and ends suffering here on earth, but he doesn't. So how can that possibly be love? I still think it comes back to love being a choice 
on both ends. He chose at the beginning of creation to give this world to man. Man turned it over to the enemy. Jesus came and he gave it back to us. But the enemy is still here and the enemy still wreaks havoc. Everything is decaying. Jesus told us that he didn't come the first time to end all of that. He came to make a way for us through it so that when we are done here, we will be rewarded in heaven based on our lives here. Yes, there are miracles, but if every single sickness was healed, it would no longer be a miracle. It would just be something normal. We get sick, we get healed. Do I turn to God last? after trying everything I know to do, expecting him to fix what I can't fix? Do I come to him out of what I've been told he will do with a few Bible verses to back it up, such as all I have to do is ask and believe and I can have whatever I want kind of stuff? Is that based on I do all the right things? I'm a good Christian. I go to church. I give money. I pray. I read my Bible. So he owes it to me. Or is it based on spending time with him on a regular basis? Now, I'm not talking about some daily devotional schedule to be kept, although that is where it can start. But I'm talking about in the quietness of our hearts, asking him questions and practicing listening for his answers through the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. Is it based on a relationship of trust, knowing that he's been faithful to get me through some pretty bad stuff, and I know he'll do it again because of our relationship? I don't expect him to give me what I want every time. I want to work together on what he knows that I don't know. I trust him. Even when I can't see my way and I don't think I'll make it, I know that I know that I know that He loves me. And as long as I hold tightly onto Him, I will have what I need to get me through my own suffering until I am in the same place as Becca and Gary, never to suffer again. And I know that if you hold tightly onto Him too, you will have what you need to get you through. In honor of this past Sunday being International Bereaved Mother's Day and this coming Sunday being Mother's Day, we have put our book packs on sale from now through Sunday, May 9th. And they include the Perivers Pack, which is the book When Tragedy Strikes and My Grief Journey, the Combo Pack, which is When Tragedy Strikes and Come Grief Through Our Eyes. Those are both on sale for $22. And then we have the Tri-Pack, which is all three of those books, When Tragedy Strikes, My Grief Journey, and Come Grief Through Our Eyes. And you can get all three for only $30 right now. So you can go to gpshope.org and click on the store tab. Look for those books. As you click on the book, there will be a description of the book also. And I'll also put a link in the show notes to the store directly. And this would also be a great gift for any other Perever moms that you know. So be sure to check that out as soon as you can because it'll be done on Sunday. Let's go ahead and go to our birthday segment. Herman Jobert was born on May 5th and is forever 21. Adam Walker was born on May 6th and is forever 28. John Patrick Keck was born on May 7th and is forever 23. Michael Slater was born on May 8th 
and is forever 26. Ashley Bakarik was born on May 10th and is forever 25. Sarah Wilbur was born on May 10th and is forever 34. We celebrate with these families the day that these children came into the world and the specialness of that day. It will always be a special day. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday, I would love to do that. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out that form with just a little bit of information I need, and I will add your son or daughter to our birthday list and announce them. There will also be a link to that in the show notes. A few years ago, I wrote a blog titled, Is My Child Sad in Heaven Knowing How Much I'm Hurting? And it touches on a few more things in this area that we've been talking about. You can do a search for it on our website. Uh, There's a search bar on the bottom of the page, Is My Child Sad in Heaven? Or you can use the link in the show notes to find that article if you would like to read it. I have learned how to work with God. Not on how to keep the devil from attacking, but how to win when he does come against me. How to rest in God as he brings the needed healing and grace that I so desperately need so that I can get up again and continue to live in a way that defeats the enemy by living in the heavenly realm instead of this earthly one. And and it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. It's something that takes practice. It takes work. We have to fight for it. And in the beginning, we don't have the energy. We're just in survival mode. So please, Please don't feel like that there's a pressure here for you. You know, you've got to get the victory. That's not what I'm saying. But the thing is, the more attached we are to this world, the harder it is to be able to do that. The more revelation we have that this world is not permanent, the more we are released from our prison of anger and our that's not fair kind of thinking that helps us to rise above the darkness that the death of our child creates. And I'm not saying you won't grieve, that there won't be tears and pain as you miss your child for the rest of your time here. But we won't be sucked under, unable to function for the rest of our lives. Your child now knows without a doubt that God loves him or her and that God loves you more than you could ever understand while you're still here. So let's allow ourselves to let go of the doubts and learn to live in that love here instead of waiting until we are there with our children and can finally know it's true then. Let's learn to live in it now. And as always, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.